0: I
1: okay. feel mm-hmm.
2: Welcome to the opinionated benchwarmers podcast, episode 119. Your PNA Bench Warmers are back to do what we do best, and that's talk sports. We appreciate all the love and the support. Make sure that you're following us on O underscore benchwarmers, subscribe to the podcast. You can search our bench benchwarmers wherever you like to listen to your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get it, you can subscribe to us and that'll show us, continue to show us great support. We appreciate everybody who decides to listen to us. I just want to start out by asking the fellas like I always do,
1: man. How y'all, how y'all doing, man? What's up? As always, man. Exciting times as the NFL season. You can just <laughs> smell it in the air, man. I'm just oh ready to
0: that. <laughs> was that? Oh my goodness! That
1: was <laughs> oh my <God>. like, <laughs> you just had to edit all that. Hey, right. hey, hey, don't don't edit that out. Keep all that. Right. He must the be mic.
0: my ear. Yeah, Lee. I don't know how to really follow that, man. I don't know. I felt a little bit uncomfortable. <laughs> With yeah, but nah, like you said, man, this is one of the best times of the year. We've been having preseason rolling, uh, NFL preseason. College football is right around the corner. NFL actual regular season is right around the corner. We know fantasy football is heating up. So if you are a sports lover, especially a football lover, this is really, you know, the pretty much the best time of year. So Uh, I'm not going to delay it. I'm not going to hold it anymore, man. We might as well jump into it.
2: We're not going to delay it anymore, but we'd be doing ourselves a disservice if we didn't say happy birthday to the great Kobe Bean Bryant. Today's his birthday, of course. Can't believe that he's been dead for two years now. Uh, It just seemed like it was yesterday where that tragedy happened. Uh, But, you know, that was our guy. That's pretty much probably why we ended up being friends so many years ago, just because we bonded on how great that man was but outside of basketball was a great father great advocate for w for women's basketball uh was a great uh uh just a great role model and was doing some great things and and he was taken away from us just out of nowhere so i mean i know that you guys want to get in there too man just telling you telling everybody what he meant to you
1: yeah man it's well documented man like uh... Yeah, these, this is tough. It still feels surreal. It doesn't feel real to me. Um, I don't know if I'll ever be able to process it, you know, and I've never even met the guy. So, you know, tough times meant a lot to me. The reason I played basketball, like you mentioned, the reason we're probably friends, you know, the Lakers bond, you know,
0: and, uh, you know, rest
1: in peace and happy birthday.
0: Yeah, man. I echo the same sentiments. Uh, grew up being a Kobe fan. Uh, I've never actually had a real, I think, favorite player since Kobe left the game. Uh, he was that guy for me. And I think just even more, just recently, about a month ago, finally reading his book, Mama Mentality. I would echo and, and tell anyone, whoever has the chance to read that book, is definitely worth your time. Just the life lessons that I gained from that that are bigger than just the game Uh, just truly seeing his mentality and the way that he approached things. uh, He's a guy that was just different. Uh, He was a genius, uh, but you don't see his likes and kind come around very often at all. Uh, So once again, echo the same thing and and happy birthday to uh, the guy that is one of the greatest of all time in my book. Definitely greatest of all
2: time. He would have been 44 today. So um, also prayers out to continuously to Vanessa, who is still I'm sure she'll never get over the tragic loss of her husband and Gigi. uh, And uh, prayers out, as we always say, to the other victims and families that were involved in that tragedy. Uh, So we're going to kind of heighten up the mood, kind of bring it up a little bit and talk about what we love to talk about. And let's get into it. We'll we'll continue on this basketball trend. Uh, It was reported fresh off the press this morning that Kevin Durant has rescinded his trade request that we discussed a few episodes back. I've been itching to get here to get you guys thoughts on this. And what do you guys think that this means for the Nets?
0: Uh, So I guess chiming into it, man, uh, it's one of those things that, when I initially saw the report come through it it, the timing of everything kind of shocked me a little bit like I didn't really know that they were heading in this direction as far as you know having another meeting and having to sit down and ironing out the details on each side and seeing how they can move forward and so um, it honestly did shock me a little bit but it's one of those things that I just felt that it went on the time went on it kind of gave them more time to build a case and say, okay, this is what the future can be with this franchise. This is how we can move in the right direction. And so ultimately, you know, as we talked about before, I think with the way that the Rudy Gobert uh, trade reset the market, it was just really difficult to go out there and get the assets that are basically worthy of KD's value at this point. And so the best you can do is to go back, sit down with them and see if y'all can move towards the future. And honestly, the Brooklyn Nets, they have a really good roster. I mean, when you look up and down with, of course, KD, uh, of course, Kyrie coming back, Ben Simmons will be in the fold this upcoming season. Of course, them not having him doing the playoff run. Uh, They went out and added Royce O'Neal and some other wings over the offseason. So, I mean, I think that they're a team that's positioned to really contend in the East and we'll just kind of see how things shake out but you know it's the thing that it's weird that it kind of surprised me and then kind of didn't at the same time
1: yeah no I'll just I won't add much to that because I think you covered it all but I think Patrick Beverly tweeted it out best today you know and whether KD agree with this or not you know all this back and forth part of it was frustrating you know like if you're gonna make decisions, then stand on it. You know what I'm saying? Let's make it uncomfortable. Let's go hold out. Like, you know what I'm saying? Let's, let's do that. But like he said, like Patrick Barry tweeted, and you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but uh, you know, he pretty much held up people's jobs and a lot of decisions, a lot of stuff stopped once that KD trade thing came out. Everybody wanted to hold up their assets because again, they don't know if they're gonna be able to have a chance at KD and they can't miss out on a shot you know signing this x player and you know locking up their money and Z. A lot of people like you said as family to feed and then for you to go back and forth was just kind of i don't know as a lakers fan of course it's kind of disappointing because i wanted to see that thing blow up because i knew what was going to follow with that but it's just uh it's just very frustrating i mean um i'm gonna keep it real and i hate to say this but no i don't but um I hope that you know they continue to have issues there. <laughs> I hope it blow up midseason. <laughs> you know, I hope that it it blow up into a point where they're like, all right, we just gotta we gotta blow this thing up. So, I second that. I second yeah. that. Yeah. So
2: I mean, we we know what we thought about it. I'm gonna tell everybody what Vegas thought about it right now. The Brooklyn are plus seven hundred in odds to win the NBA championships. That's the KD effect. Uh, that is fourth. Uh, so they're the fourth favorites to win right now in the NBA. I mean. When you look at, we finally get to see the experiment that we thought we would have saw uh, last year. I mean, last, at the end of last season with Big Ben, we thought he was going to play, but he didn't. But Ben, with finally him being back on the floor, and Kyrie and Katie, will finally get to see what this is going to look like. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not happy about it. Uh, Kevin Durant. I mean, he, I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah, y'all, y'all know how I feel about this, and that, that's also I was with what, what, what Carlos said because usually I'm the old guy, get off my lawn type guy. Because, I mean, you know how I feel about uh, Kevin Durant. I mean, I think he has been sort of – I respect his game. I respect him as a man. I'm only speaking of his decision-making uh, with when it pertains to the sport. I think he's a great guy. But I think that all, at the same time, he has shown a lot of divaness. You know, and, and, and I mean, I, if he was, was going to play the whole time, you should have just spared everybody this drama that you want to get out of there.
0: Yeah, no. And I agree with that. Y'all both alluded to it. I think uh, the only other piece that was uh, kind of interesting in seeing the back and forth is uh, LSU's own Jordan Hicks got in the mix. Uh, I don't know if you
2: <laughs> saw that. Yeah.
0: yeah LSU's that. own, man. It was, it was shocking, man. Of course, I'm sure that we know that's my friend, brother. Yeah. too. <laughs> so, so we know Jordan uh, from his time at LSU and uh, he, he, I uh, commented on under one of the things and then KD ended up responding to him and they went back and forth a little bit. So it was just kind of funny to see that. Like I did not expect to scroll my timeline and see Jordan Hicks and KD going back and forth. So that was kind of funny. Yeah,
2: I was reading that he was it was a son to the effect of uh, KD is reluctant to explain himself. And then yep. Katie's like, who I got to explain myself to Jordan Hicks. Who is that? I'm like. KD always, bro, he always (laughs) want to talk down on people, bro. Like, always, bro. Like, you can't (laughs) think of nothing more clever than that.
0: Did you see the other one, too? So, they had went back and forth, like, a little bit of whatever. Jordan had some more comments. And so, Jordan ended up saying or tweeting. It did give me some exposure, though. And for that, I do appreciate you, KD. Pretty much LOL, like, messing with him. And so, KD said, a lot of men out here doing anything to be exposed to the rest of the world. It's insane how much you want to be seen. <laughs> wow,
2: Kevin! Durant, how does Kevin Durant, almost billionaire, have have this much time on his hands? <laughs> anyway, so we'll get back to it as promised. We'll continue our fantasy football series. We're excited about football. Like Lo said, we can smell it in the air. I mean, we might as well. I know. I know what this episode name's gonna be. <laughs>
0: Lowe's not only said it, he illustrated.
2: (laughs) We can smell it in the air. But, you know, here we are, and we have some interesting topics. I think we alluded, we did some rankings, but now it's time to get into some. uh, We want, as promised, a little more deeper uh, as we uh, unpeel the the layers. Um, I think that there are a lot of players that are going uh, later than they should. And I think that we can help our listeners out by, you know, targeting some of these deep sleepers that we have in the draft at our own expense. Because I'm pretty sure that a, a couple of people in our league is going to listen to this. <laughs> but that's what we love to do. We we at the expense of ourselves and competitive competitiveness, we'll go ahead and do it. Uh, but let's talk about some sleepers in this year's draft. There's a bunch of them. Uh, we'll go. How many do we want to give out? Each two or. Uh,
1: I don't say one or two, just depending on what you. I
2: think, I think two. Let's do let's do this because I think there's three. There's three guys out there that I feel like are big names. I wouldn't per se say that they're sleepers, but I feel like they're going late because people are uh, undervaluing. And then there's just regular sleepers who people may not have thought of. So we can go there, Rob. I'll yep. give it to Lowe since he's uh, to on my screen. He's to my left, so we'll start there.
1: Yeah, no, I would go with. Uh, uh the Packers receiver, Dobbs, you know, Dubs, Dobbs. I think it's Dobbs. Romeo Dobbs, yeah. yeah. D- or dubs. Yeah. So um, I'll go with him, you know. Ramon
2: back on his name game today. He came with us. <laughs> you know, Last week time. was slacking
1: a little bit. <laughs> um, but no, I would go with him because I mean, you look at the situation, right? You look at going into the season, you know, Lazar was, you know, pretty much given the number one receiver position by Aaron Rodgers. And then you go and draft Christian Watson uh, in the second round who you would think obviously is your, okay, this is going to be the rookie. And then you get Dobbs who's just been flashing. You cannot deny the talent. You know, he's a guy right now that you can probably get after the 12th, 13th round that can end up maybe not doing well right away as he's, you know, playing the whole game, the rookie game and probably behind uh Cobb. But you know, I think eventually they can't keep him off the field. He's just been too special. He's been flashing in preseason games. And uh, you know, and it's just surprising because again, he was not the first rookie receiver they took in that draft class. And uh he's I think he deserves a good look after the 12, 13th round.
0: Uh I guess I'll I guess I'll go ahead and chime in next. Uh I kind of have two buckets there. I have a guy that I feel that is going a little bit um, later than he should be going in drafts. That's not really like a deep sleeper, but one that's going a little bit later. And then I have a guy as well that I do think is somebody that you can stash for a little while and then reap the benefits from him later. And so uh, the guy that I will cover first um, is Cortland Sutton for me. And this is a guy that isn't going super late in drafts. You're probably catching them around that fifth or sixth round. Uh, But I really believe among receivers, he's a guy that's fallen into that early 20s range. And with him having Russell Wilson over there, Russell Wilson routinely has a top 15 fantasy receiver each and every year. And so I believe with the talent that Cordnall and Sutton possesses, uh, you can see a guy that could potentially finish as a top 10 wide receiver this year. I think you getting him in the fifth or sixth round is honestly a steal for the value that he can have Uh, Cortland Sutton in my opinion is the wide receiver one over there. I know that some people would argue for Jerry Judy. I'm not so much on the Jerry Judy bandwagon. I think that Cortland Sutton is the more complete receiver Uh, to me. He also is just as far as the threat of, as far as you just look at uh, the physical measurables of Cortland Sutton, uh, I think he's a guy that you have to have your eyes on. And I think that he will finish higher than his average draft position, Uh, which has him falling at the wide receiver, like 20 to 24 range right now. I like it.
2: I like it. I like it, man. I like it. Uh, I'm going to go with this. I mean, it's not going to be too, no surprise with you. You guys share a dynasty league and I've been high on this guy since he came out of Tulane and I got to go with my guy, Darnell Mooney. He has an ADP of the sixth round. I think that is way too low. When you look at this year, when you look at let's look at what he did last year i mean he had 81 he had 81 catches uh he had over a thousand yards receiving and you look at a guy that is 26 percent getting 26 percent of his team target share i expect that to go up now keep in mind this is with Allen robinson on the field with him as we know Allen robinson has made his way to losis rams so he's the clear cut number one now and I mean, he was targeted 140 times last year, guys. That is a lot. That is a, that is a ton. And we know when we're playing fantasy, it's all about volume, and it's all about opportunity. Um, I've been hiring this guy, drafted him out of college, and in, in, in my dynasty league, and I put him on a taxi club. I played him a little bit last year, but this year I'm, I'm unleashing the beast. I'm unleashing Darnell Mooney. I'm loving me some Darnell Mooney this year. I'm expecting a breakout season. He has nothing but opportunity out there in Chicago. And I think that with Justin Fields being able to get him the ball, Justin Fields has another year under his belt. If he can stay healthy, Darnell Mooney, if you're able to get him in the sixth round, I really project him to uh, definitely outplay that draft position. And you're getting you a clear cut wide receiver one at that sixth round spot. I think that that is sweet.
1: Oh, man. A little Mooney, yeah. I know you was gonna rock with your guy Mooney. You know, bro. I love just, me some Mooney, man. Bro, it's just something about Mooney, bro. You just don't. <laughs> that, hey, he has so nothing good.
2: about my numbers. That nothing about the stats and my. my no, reasons. no,
1: you're right. You're about right. Him. I'm just saying, you you happen to always kind of find a way to get this guy on your team. So <laughs> I'll keep that in mind when it uh, swing around to my turn, <laughs> and I know he ain't gonna circle back. And I see his name coming up.
2: Yeah, you're right. You exposed me because I say I drafted him to but i'll be messing with them in the redress too <laughs> all right <laughs> man
1: mooney, mooney
2: gonna shine man but yeah so it, it you know interesting i guess i'll lead off but they are sleepers that i feel like there are uh, some guys that i think are going definitely too low uh but we know them they're not sleepers and i think i'll start it off and i think who's going too low right now is ezekiel elliott I think Ezekiel Elliott, okay, we know Darnell Pollard. We we hear the noise, and and I'm gonna take Los's Tony, Tony, Tony Pollard. What I said,
0: Darnell, you in a Darnell Mooney oh, I'm mode. In a, <laughs>
2: you... <laughs> I'm in Darnell Mooney mode. My bad. Yeah, Tony Pollard. But I'm gonna take Los saying, follow the money. I doubt Jerry Jones is gonna shovel all that money that he did uh a couple seasons ago to Zeke to not have him playing and not have him on the field. I think if Zeke is healthy, he will get 16 touches a game. He will be the guy that's getting the goal goal line work. That's not to say Pollard won't be a factor, but like I like I reiterate, it's all about opportunity and it's all about touches and opportunity. And Zeke will get that it, as long as he's healthy. I doubt that, that Jerry will send down the order that we're going to pull back Zeke to try this Pollard experiment and then you look at zeke zeke is a big back. pilot is one of as a smaller back uh in, in some sort uh but he was when you look at his runs he broke some awesome runs but he was put in great spots as well you have to consider that zeke's the guy and right now i think zeke is going going too low let me see where zeke is going right now
1: uh, so yeah zeke he's going uh into the third right
2: now into yes. the third so you're getting a, a, a top-notch running back at, at third. I think that that's really too low, and I think he'll outperform that.
1: Yeah, he's become a value now, you know, because of the scare, because of the coming off of injury, because of the, the Pollard situation. Zeke was going second round, you know, most of last year, into the first sometimes you would see in some drafts. Um, but I think he's become more of a value now that you can, you can have, you know, on your team. Uh, if he falls that late, you know, because again, he's going to get the goal line work. He still can be a serviceable back. He may not have those explosives that he used to have, but I think he's serviceable. But I'll transition, not transition. I'll stay right there with the running back, and my next guy would be Damian Pierce for the Texans. And I think that's a good guy to uh, really target late in your drafts, you know. And I'm gonna keep it real. I know you guys are trying to keep it on hush hush and really kind of give some obvious names, but I'm gonna get a list to somebody really good, and I'm gonna give him a Damian Pierce. Um, because I look at the treatment they gave him in this last preseason game, guys like Marlon Mack, Redd Burhead played the game. They gave Damon Pierce after his showing week one, they let him sit. You know, gave him the starter experience. Him along with Cooks, they set the last previous game, which tells me, hey, they value this guy. He's shown enough that hey, let's keep him fresh for the season. That he may emerge. He's probably already emerges RB one for the Texans. Again, who knows what this will look like, but. You know, all these bets getting cut, you know, if one of those bets getting cut, you know, as this big cut come here, you know, he can be that RB1. And right now he's going super late in drafts. So I'm telling you, you can almost sometimes I've, I haven't done a mock draft in a week or so, but you could probably get him maybe second or third, second to their last round, you know, 13, 14 round of your draft. So I like the guy.
0: Yeah, no, I like that pick as well, man. He is somebody that's on my radar. Um, And when we talk about, you know, deep sleepers as well too, you know, him fitting in that category, I also think a guy that we have talked about off air uh, that you end up snagging in our dynasty draft lows and Jalen Tolbert is another guy that you can look at getting in the double digit rounds. Uh, I believe that he's a guy with the targets that are being vacated from Amari Cooper with the targets that will be vacated early off in the season from Michael Gallup. Uh, he slides into that wide receiver number two role over there in Dallas. Uh, also, too, we know that James Washington is hurt, uh, so he won't challenge for that as well. And so when you look at it, it's really the C.D. Lamb show. Also, of course, Dalton Schultz um, will be uh, in the mix as well. But Jalen Tober really slides into that wide receiver two role in a Dallas offense that um, is typically going to be prolific. And so there will be many targets that will be there for him to occupy. Um, And just quickly, the other guy whose name came to mind, especially when Rob was talking about Zeke and talking about a running back being overlooked. Uh, I truly believe that James Conner is being overlooked in fantasy football uh, this Mm -hmm. Uh, offseason. This is a guy that finishes the running back five last year, uh, in addition to Chase Edmonds being over there last year in Arizona. Uh, Now Chase Edmonds no longer being there, him being in Miami. Uh, You look at that offense it's always going to be prolific. Uh, With Cliff Kingsbury um, at the helm of it, with Kyler Murray being the quarterback, Uh, the goal line opportunities, in my opinion, are still going to go to James Conner over there. And he finished running back five last year. I don't see that that will change too much. I still think that he's a top 10 back, honestly, in fantasy football this this season. Um, and he's being drafted more so in that uh running back fifteen to eighteen range, which is putting him in the third round as well. So I think he's a guy that you can snag too.
2: yeah, I like those. I like those sleepers, man. So if you're listening that that's some good stuff, man. you know that leagues are won and lost with those with those sleepers. You always can point to your draft and see where, oh, this is how I won my league. so listen closely, man, listen closely to what we got. but but anyway, Let's transition, man. Where we where we going with this uh, draft? We want to get into draft strategies.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. we on the, the. Yeah, I mean, we how, how much strategy we really gonna give here? I mean, I, I mean, uh, I would just say you gotta
2: do for the good of the listeners, man.
1: No, true. Um, I, I'll talk a little strategy, you know, and uh, um, but it, it's just again, it just depends on your spot, right? You know, you sitting at that nine spot, and you're in a ten person league, right? it's very, very important to watch that person behind you and what they have on their roster. It puts you at almost at an advantage, right? So let's say you come around to the 3-4, right? Your third round, your fourth round pick, right? You know, you can look at their first two rounds, right? If they already got a quarterback for some reason, right? Or if they already got a tight end in that position, you know, you don't have to go ahead and take a, a tight end or something in front of them right you can almost say okay there's no way they're going to take two quarterbacks here or there's no way they're going to take two tight ends here again assuming there's something special on the board like a you know Kyle Pitts Waller some type of position if they already took Kelsey some reason first round you know that you can go ahead and let me go ahead and let i can let this person slip and me get this running back or this 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 alpha receiver um, you know, out the chance because they're right behind you and can take that player. And, you know, the chances are they're going to be there in the fourth round after their two picks. So that's one strategy that I'm using this year because a lot of my drafts, I'm in the back end of the drafts. So just really watching the boys and seeing what people already have and, and playing the board that way. So that way you can have that value
0: fall to you that next round. No, no, I definitely like that. And you know, when you mentioned the nine spot, I do have that in um a couple of leagues, actually two leagues that we're in together. So appreciate you dropping um that that wisdom for anybody in that nine slot. Um, something that I would say as well is really mapping things out. Um, it's something that you can do as far as looking at, let's just say, each round and seeing how many players at whatever. Spot uh, positions you like out there so let's just say in the first round everybody knows you pretty much are going to likely go best player available uh, but once you start to get into round four five six and all of that uh, mapping out and saying okay typically looking at ADP uh, how many receivers do I like in this fourth round how many running backs am I fine with accepting in this fourth round based upon their draft position um, and that way you know as you go through the course of your draft that, okay, if in the third round, I like six wide receivers and I only like two running backs, uh, but in the fourth round, if there are four or five running backs that I'm fine with at that particular spot and only about two receivers, then maybe in that third round, I need to grab one of my guys at receiver um, and go ahead and snag that. And maybe I can circle back to somebody I'm comfortable in the fourth round um, with that number five running backs that I like. So really taking an opportunity to map it out. And go round by round and say, how many guys do I like at this potential ADP? Uh, Go to your particular spot where you do your draft. So if Sleeper is the app that you use, which is what we use at this point, go to Sleeper and see, Okay, what's the ADP? uh, Who's all being typically taken in the first round? Who's typically falling in the second round? Who's typically falling in the third round? Map all of that out. See how many guys you like at each position. And that can help you to know. That, okay, maybe if I'm making a decision in the eighth or ninth round, I think guys will be there at receiver at the ninth round. So let me go in and grab a running back here in the eighth. And it's just something that you can kind of use to, you know, play around, you know, as something else to just keep in mind and know what's coming later on, later on in the draft.
2: Yeah, my tip is short, man. I, I think people need to know that your league is not won or lost in the draft you know, it, you know, after you draft your team, there will be, it's okay to have some moves that you still need to make. There's the waiver wire, there's trades to be made. So, I mean, just don't, don't feel like, um, I mean, the draft is important. It's the foundation of your winning team, but don't feel like you have to reach for player that you normally wouldn't take just to have it. Oh, I need a running back. So I'm going to take him here, you know, and it's not, you know, it's no, it's no value there. So, um. Just keep in mind, man. The draft is is your bread and butter, but at the same time, time nobody. I highly doubt that that the championship team is just going to be all drafted players. It's going to be a combination of waiver wire players, and uh, and if you decide to make trades. So, have fun with your fantasy drafts, and uh, good luck with those. All right, fellas, look like we've done it again. We wrapped up another episode of the OB podcast. We'll appreciate all the listeners and supporters. Continue rocking with us. We'll continue our football coverage on, on uh, following episodes. Hopefully that we said something today and gave you some, some gems to help you win that league. And if we do, shout us out on Twitter or whatever your social media is, O underscore Benchwombs. Let them know we help you win your leagues. But we're going to go ahead and get on out here until next time. And peace.
1: Later.